Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Well, good morning, church. I'm happy to be here. And uh, so we're continuing our series on winning the war within. And so uh, this week, I'm going to be speaking on those steps to freedom. So two weeks ago, my husband and I talked about um, where the battle is in spiritual warfare. So we talked about the enemy's attacks and how they, he likes to attack the mind. And, um, and I promised steps to freedom. So here they are. And uh, we're going to be talking about that this morning. So let's just open in a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this time this morning together. God, we thank you for your presence that's here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence, God, in this place, touching each one of us, God. And we just thank you so much for that. Father, I just thank you for this word, that it would go out, God, and that it would divide between soul and spirit this morning, Father. And it would bring freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, continuing on, we're talking here about steps to freedom. So there's eight steps, and we've named them all with R's to help them to be better remembered, and I'll read them all. And um, there's just, there's two or three that I really want to focus on this morning, uh, but we'll mention all of them, of course, um, and, uh, and, and a way to pray that through. So uh, two weeks ago, when my husband and I talked, we talked about how the enemy likes to come and attack our th- with our th- with thoughts, right? Come and attack thoughts. So this teaching is about um, not just stopping those thoughts, but how to capture them and then send the enemy backpacking where he came from. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do, I want to talk about how important spiritual warfare is as a Christian. Um, sometimes we, we like shy away from it a little bit because we think something scary is going to happen. But it's, it's, so, it's such an important part of our lives. And we're created to be spiritual people. And so we all have, we are all spiritual beings. And we, how many know that we live in a secular society? You know, we've kicked God pretty much out of everything we can kick God out of. Uh, But as individuals, we're very highly spiritual. So as a society, we're secular, but as individuals, we're highly spiritual. And uh, just as an example of that, I've been working at Starbucks and uh, part-time and uh, mostly working with 17-year-old girls. So... You can pray for me because I have a shift today, actually. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting to hear them talk because even though they're they're not Christian, they go to secular high school. Um, you know, they're uh, they're not in any way interested in the things of God. But to hear them talk, they talk in a very spiritual way sometimes. And so one evening we were closing up, and there was this giant conversation about how ghosts were real. And how, like, you know, this friend's house was haunted and the the dad dropped stuff because he saw something at the bottom of the stairs and the basement's really creepy, so nobody goes down there. And, you know, somebody else's house and, you know, somebody's, like, um, spirit of their grandma, like, visited, like, a baby or so. Anyway, so they're going on and on. They're like, anybody who does not believe in ghosts is just crazy. And uh, so I'm filtering it, you know, from my Christian perspective. I'm like, okay, well, there's a familiar spirit. Okay, there's another really familiar spirit. But uh, it was really interesting to hear them talk because although that we live in a secular society, we're all designed to be spiritual beings by God. And so in the absence of God, people will cling to whatever they can to fulfill that need of spiritualism in their lives, right? And so that's how we get a lot into like, like deviant spiritual ideas like New Age or, you know, like Satanism and all this other crazy stuff going on. So um, 
And just keep that in mind, like how important that um, the spirit part is and how important it is to be free spiritually. And I was thinking about that scripture that says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I was thinking about that because sometimes, you know, Christians, they all look like, what does Pastor Travis always say? Look like they're sucking lemon juice. Like. And God, when we surrender our hearts to Christ, he redeems our spirit. But our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotion, still needs to work out that process of sanctification. We've got to walk that out. And it's a process, and it takes time. And that's the thing that we're continuing to do. That's why we need church. That's why we need each other. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to walk out this process of sanctification. And I think it's especially important, too, um, for this church specifically. That was two words in one. Specific. There we go. Specifically. Uh, I know many times Pastor Camilla and Travis have been prophesied over that they are breakthrough pastors and that this is a breakthrough church. And I was thinking on that, and I was thinking, you know, if this is a breakthrough church, and we're the church, we're the people that make up the church, that means that we're called to be breakthrough people and have breakthrough uh, in freedom, not just ourselves, but our family and our neighbors and anybody else who probably could listen to us. And, uh, and that's how we're going to win this city, and that's how that revival that Pastor Travis was talking about is going to come, because we're going to be a breakthrough people and be able to bring freedom to people's lives in Christ. So I want to start with 1 John 1, 9. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Or my version here, I think I have the King James says unrighteousness. Um, so when we're talking about when the enemy comes and he attacks our minds, and sometimes it brings thoughts and feelings, and when we allow those things through, sin always begins with a thought, right? So we allow those things through, uh, it can create sin in our lives or sin patterns in our lives. And so we see here that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So when we've done something wrong, he forgives us. And then he also cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And those, that's that, um, you know, uh, do you remember Pastor Chris two weeks ago? He was like, that was easy. That, that pattern of iniquity or that, um, that kind of mindset that we can get entrenched in. You know, uh, you ever hear somebody is like, well, I'm just an angry person. You know, I'm just, I'm just an angry person. Well, that could be a pattern of unrighteousness in the heart. So if you're an angry person and you lash out at somebody and you yell at them or accuse them or make them feel terrible or make them cry, uh, <laughs> then you could say, I'm so sorry for being so getting angry. I'm sorry I was angry. So that's forgiving sin because you, you, you hurt that person. You damaged them. So you, you ask their forgiveness. But then it's important to get cleansed from that way of thinking to get changed from that attitude of of anger or that maybe that spirit of anger that is uh, attacking you and influencing the way that you think and speak um did i put james one did i have that one no okay no worries uh, James 1, 14, 15, I just want to mention it quickly. It says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. The desire gives birth to sinful actions, and when the sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So I just wanted to show a little uh, progression here. So desires, so temptation comes from desire. So when we want to do something or maybe have a proclivity or um, 
you know, that set pattern to maybe want to, let's keep going on the, the anger thing, to be angry, then the temptation to be angry because that idiot in front of you, you know, just stopped really short in his car and you had to slam on your brakes. And now you want to get out of your car and give him a piece of your mind, right? So that temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. So then the desire can give birth to sinful actions. So you get out of your car and, you know, you maybe use a few choice words, um, you know, your driving words at somebody. And, uh, and then, you know, like when we continue in those actions and attitude and thoughts of anger, you know, that can really capture us and drag us down and eventually pull us away from the Lord. So it's important that we're looking at that. And um, I know my kids sometimes they'll do something and I was like, well, why did you do that? Why did you say that to your brother or sister? And they're like, I don't know, maybe the devil. <laughs> So that's what I always try to remind them of James 1.14 after. I was like, actually, you know, temptation comes from your own desire. So, like, you wanted to do something mean. You wanted to throw that shoe at your brother. So then we've got to work that through so they take responsibility for their actions. All right, so let's get to those R's of freedom. So let me just read them out to you. So the first one is recognize, then responsibility, repent, renounce, remove, rejoice, replace and restore. So as I said, the artist of freedom is really like the walking out in a process of sanctification. And uh, it's really an area of our lives where we need to be vigilant and really get it into our spirit so that we can walk this out without even having to think about it. Um, like we just know, okay, oh, this happened. You know, oh, I, th I thought that thought again, or I did this thing again. Okay, let's, let's go through because God is faithful and just to forgive us. He's not waiting to, you know, be angry. He restores us immediately. So we just want to run to him when these things happen. So James 4, 6 to 8 says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I find that's really important point that's very key so when we're coming before the lord and we're walking out these steps to freedom we just want to come with humility um because the person who says they have no sin is a liar and the truth of god is not in them as the scripture says so we all have things that we can be working on and like pastor chris said uh, a couple weeks ago those can be our blind spots maybe sometimes we don't see it like well allison you tend to be an angry person no i'm not i'm not angry how dare you say that well, you know what? You're angry. You know, people who accuse people are just accusing the things of the thing that they have. You're an angry person, and I'm not. <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay. You know? So sometimes we have those blind spots that we're working on. And so when we come before God, we come in grace, and he gives grace to us because we come uh, in a humble way. So the first one I really want to talk about is to recognize. And Pastor Peter last week was talking about not being passive. And I found that so important because as Christians, we want to step into the fray. We don't want to be on the sideline, Christian. We want to be, uh, you know, right in the mix of things. And, uh, and so by being more active, we can look at our lives and take an active role and, um, and get those steps of freedom going. And it's important to uh, recognize when the enemy is attacking us. And uh, so I've got a story for that. A couple of them. So a couple of years ago, when we first started Highway to Wholeness, um, I was here early for band practice. And um, my son, Hunter, usually likes to come early with me because he likes to run around and play with his friends. And, uh, but I didn't take him. And uh, so I get a call from my husband later. And he had woken up and started crying and said, where's mommy? 
And he was like, well, she went to band practice. And so he's bawling his eyes out. And he's going, she left me. She left me. She left me. Mommy abandoned me. She didn't take me. And she's gone without me. And she abandoned me. And she left me. And he's just going on and on and on. And, and, but just way beyond anything where he's ever done that before. And uh, it was so important that we had this training because Chris was able to look at that situation and say, wait a second here. This isn't my son. This is something attacking my son. This is something influencing my son. So uh, he was able to deal with uh, a spirit of abandonment at that moment that was trying to attack our son. And, um, and immediately when he took authority over that thing, it just left. It was gone. He sat up, dry eyes. He was like, I'm hungry, you know. So it's important that we can recognize this. Um, so I don't know about you. I, I suppose this is a little embarrassing, but I guess I'm a little ridiculous. But I had been watching uh, this video on YouTube, and it was um, not the How It's Made. It's the, um, what's the other one? Mythbusters. Do you guys remember Mythbusters? OK, so we're watching a clip with the kids, and it was how to get out of a car when a car is like sinking into a lake. You know, like that scene in the, every movie where they like drive off the pier, and they like the car goes down. Well, they were testing that theory. And, uh, and how far you had to be for like the pounds of pressure on the, on the window or the door to like actually get it open. Apparently, just open the door right away as fast as possible. That's the safest thing. <laughs> so we had watched this video. And uh, I was coming home from Belleville by myself. And I started like daydreaming. Anybody ever daydream and drive? <laughs> don't, don't answer that. So I was daydreaming a little. And uh, I started like daydreaming, like, what would I do? You know, if my car like went off the pier and my kids are in the back seat, and I was like imagining myself, like unbuckling them and like opening the door and like, you know, we're all getting out and I would like push them up to the top, but it was just enough to save them, but not me. You know, and I would kind of like slowly be sinking and I was like, but it's okay, cause they're safe. I don't know. <laughs> So, I don't know if it's just me. It's like, you know, like, has imaginings. You're like, where they're like the hero sometimes. But anyways, so all of a sudden, I had this, like, just sober realization that I was being fed a line by a spirit of self-pity. <laughs> and uh, self-pity was one of those things when I went through Highway to Wholeness that the Lord dealt with me. And so I had come back to visit, I think, or just maybe, like, see if I would uh, take the bait. And so I'm just thinking about, and I mean, to show, just to exemplify how ridiculous I am, I was actually crying from this, like, daydream of, like, me being the hero, you know, my children, but I died, you know. And, and the, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's terrible. So uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, a spirit of self-pity is giving me this, like, daydream, essentially. I was so mad. I was like, oh, I was like that's ridiculous. So I was able to recognize it and then uh, deal with it through these uh, artists of freedom. And then it just left. But I was just so mad after. I was like, that stupid devil. Like, what is he? who does he think he is? And I was like, Psh. So it's important that we recognize when thoughts are coming, when we recognize um, that the enemy is attacking us. So that's the first step. If you can, that's, I would say, half the battle. If you can just recognize what's happening, um, it's so much easier to deal with it. Because sometimes we just fly off the handle and then, you know, you're in another room because people are mad now and you're like, what just happened? You know, that ever happened to anybody? You're just like, or you're like you're in the middle of arguing with somebody and you just can't stop. You ever have like an out-of-body experience? It happens to me sometimes you're like arguing and you don't want to let, you're not backing down and you're just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. Like, just stop. Like, I really can't right now. I have to win. I'm like, I'm committed. I'm just like, you know, this isn't going to end well. Like, I know, but 
too late. You know, <laughs> it never happened to anybody else. So the important thing is just to recognize. All right, so the second one is responsibility. So I find this is so key because we often live in a society of um, entitlement. And in, a soci in our society of entitlement, we never take responsibility for our actions. It's always the government's fault or our boss's fault or it's our parents' fault or it was your sibling's fault or it was that guy's fault and this guy stepped out in front of the road so it was, you know. And it's just, it's we always tend to blame others for our problems. But if we could take responsibility for uh, our actions, take responsibility for that desire or take responsibility for that a path of iniquity that's happening in our life, then we can deal with it. And control always belongs to the person to whom you give it to. So we're created beings by Almighty God, and He's given us um, free will. We have free will. So we get to make a choice. Whatever we do is our choice. And where God is sovereignly in control, He knows the beginning from the end. He's not in control of your everyday life. You are. So God only has the control that you submit to him. He only has the control or the areas of your life that you give him to have control. So I, for that, I have a little prop. I can bring out my toilet paper. And actually, Chris, could you pass me that one under the table? Yeah. Yeah. Can everybody see that okay? All right. So this toilet paper represents the control of your life. Or maybe... Uh, a responsibility or a relationship or uh, maybe an attitude or um, just it could be it could be your cat it could be anything that you know uh, you need some people just really love their cat so it's something that maybe that you need to give God control over in your life and so sometimes we have you know our life and we like to give control to God like this so say the podium here is giving you know laying it down on the altar so to speak You're like okay God there's my life God's like, okay, now let go. He'd be like, I did. There it is. You have it. There's my life. He'd be like, no, you need to let go now. It's like, no, we're good. Yeah, see, I'll put it down. You have my life. <laughs> but we got to let go, right? We got to submit to God. We got to submit the control to God from our lives. Sometimes we like to give control to God like this. Okay, God, here, here it is. Okay, no, just kidding here. Okay, now I really give it to you. And when we keep things from the Lord, you know, sometimes things happen and we get confused. So, you know, so here over here, I got my little garbage. You know, sometimes our life is kind of going down the tubes. Or going down the drain, so to speak. He's like, God, my life is in the crapper. My life is my life is garbage. It's, where are you, God? You said that you know that you know God is always in control, and you you would take care of me. And God's like, Well, you were supposed to give me that. You're like, What? It's mine. You can't have this. And then, you know, it all gets wasted. You're like, What happened? You know, God, where were you? But we well, we forgot to give God. The control, to take responsibility of that thing and say, God, you can have it. When I was 15, uh, I remember this really specific moment in my life. Um, I was getting closer to God and um, trying to live out with him. And um, 
I remember so specifically, I was in the basement of my, my parents' house in um, the bathroom. Of all places, I was in the bathroom. This well-placed, well right? <laughs> and I remember God asking me for my personality. I really random. it's a weird thing, but it was, it was very significant to me because I was like uh, a chubby kid. I was like the kid that um, wasn't very popular. Um, nobody really liked me, and I had worked really, really hard to craft this personality that I thought people would like. And I was, uh, again, ridiculous. I know, this is just the weirdness of Allison, but I was very proud of it. I was like, oh yeah, I made this personality. It's pretty good. People like it. And it was becoming like an idol in my life. And I remember very specifically, the Lord was like, okay, I want, I want that. And uh, it's very interesting how the Lord works because Satan always comes to steal, but the Lord always invites. Isn't that lovely? Because he will never transgress our free will. So he always invites. So he, he was inviting me at that moment to surrender and uh, inviting me to surrender my personality. And um, it was a struggle. And as, as, fun, as ridiculous as it sounds, like I was crying because I, I didn't want to do it, but I did. And apparently I cry a lot. And um, eventually I was just like, okay, Lord, like you can have this. Like whatever happens. And really what I was giving him was I was giving him uh, what I felt was people liking me, uh, my future. You know, um, I felt like if I gave him my personality and my personality changed or reverted to what it was before, um, that now I was going to be alone. And so I had to trust God in that. And uh, But he didn't disappoint me because God never disappoints us. And we, he's so trustworthy. And he builds on that trust. And I remember a few years later, I was 15, and um, starting to think about boys a little bit. And uh, God came to me again, and he was like, whoever you're going to marry, I want you to give me that choice to pick that person for you. And I was like, no, <laughs> you can't have that. I have to pick this person. He's like, no, I want you to surrender that person, that to me. And I was just like, no, that's okay. <laughs> and a little bit of time went by, and he asked again. And uh, do you ever find you ever get stuck on, like, one thing? Like, God will ask you something, and you get stuck on just, like, the one thing. And um, until, like, you kind of, like, that happens. So, anyway, so eventually I was, I remember I was in my room this time, and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to give you the pers- the choice to choose whoever I'm going to marry. God, I just give it to you. Jesus, I'm just going to be a complete person in you. And in that moment, I honestly felt like I was never going to get married. Like, it was just like this moment where I was like, there's never going to be anybody, and I have to be okay with that. And I surrendered it to him. And uh, I think God did a pretty good job of picking who I married. That's a pretty awesome marriage there, so I'm pretty happy with that. And uh, so he, we got to take responsibility for the thoughts that are coming in and what we do with them. Because I don't know about you, but my life is so much better submitted in the hands of the one who created it than it is in my own, or if it is, or in, especially not in the hands of the enemy, right? Because I don't want to live my life in fear. I want to live my life in surrender. So let's move on here. So we're going to go next to, the next R is to repent. And that means to think differently or to turn oneself from sin. And um, so as we're building on this, uh, we take thoughts captive. We recognize it. We're going to say, you know, like, the, basically what that looks like is, I'm sorry, God, for thinking um, self-pity, you know, for, uh, for collaborating with self-pity. God, would you please forgive me? So that's step one, two, and three all together right there. It's pretty easy. And then number four is to renounce. 
So to renounce is to reject in something or like to divorce something, if that makes it easier as a definition. So if you get divorced, um, by definition, technically, you're renouncing your marriage. So you're renouncing that collaboration that you have. And I find this part is so key uh, for stopping the collaboration that we have with the enemy uh, in continuation with those thought patterns that we have. So uh, we ask God to forgive us, you know, forgive me for, in, you know, indulging in self-pity, but then I say, well, I renounce my um, involvement with self-pity. I renounce collaborating with self-pity. And so what that does is that puts a barrier or like a, puts a stop to uh, going back or leaving the door open for self-pity. And, um, and then the next step is uh, to remove. And so we just cast that thing out in the name of Jesus, right? Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I wanted to go back for just two seconds. Let's go back to to repent. Uh, Psalm 51, 3 to 4. There was a scripture there that I wanted to read. It says, For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You have proved right in what you say. Your judgment against me is just. So this is David here talking. But I like the attitude of what he's saying. He's saying, Against you and you alone, God, have I sinned. So, um, the enemy comes and he influences our thoughts, but when we accept those thoughts and take them to ourselves, then we um, we have to take responsibility for the fact that you know we've made that sin our own. And just thinking a thing isn't sin, but medi- you know letting it settle in is because you can think a thought and then hold it there and be like, no, 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 that's not from God. But when we allow it in then we know that the only person that we really uh, transgress is God, God specifically, because uh, he, is, he is righteousness. And so when we ask for forgiveness, we're always going to him. So um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about like how important this process is and how important the spiritual warfare is. And um, what was it, Wednesday night? I had actually forgotten that I was preaching Thursday because we have church on Thursday, but I think Thursday was our last one. And um, in the night, I was, like, I was sleeping, but I wasn't, like, really fully asleep. And all of a sudden, I was very much aware that there was a spirit of fear attacking me. Like, I could kind of, like, feel it on my body. And in my sleep, I started going through these ARs um, half asleep. So I was, like, oh. I was, like, I could feel fear. So I was, like, God, uh, forgive me for, you know, collaborating with the spirit of fear. And then I'm like, I'm starting to wake up a little bit more, you know, like I, I repent for um, for fear in my life and I renounce fear. And then now I'm like awake and I'm like, and I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. Say, go to your dry places. Now I'm like fully awake. But you ever have that like pins and needle kind of feeling on your body when you're like, you know, your arm goes asleep a little? It was sort of like that, but all over my body was just like, whoo, it just like left instantly. And I was just like, what was that all about? So I like... I woke now I'm awake. So I'm just like praying a little and praying it through. And I'm not afraid. And we're never to be afraid by the enemy. And he comes and he attacks us often illegally, right? He comes and he attacks us um, through our life. And sometimes he attacks us because we've got that door open. You know, like fear, I find, usually is the first one in. Kind of cracks the door open. He like, underlay, underlay, underlay. Gets all his friends in there, you know. Um, But uh, it... Because we're in Christ, we're always coming from a position of authority and victory. So not afraid, but he does come and he does try sometimes. 
And uh, so anyway, so I went the whole next day, and I was like, well, that was like a weird night. And then the next day, uh, Chris was like, aren't you preaching tonight? I was like, oh, yeah, I am. I was like, well, that explains the dream. And uh, I just have one more story. So there was uh, one of the first times we went through Highway to Wholeness. Uh, I dealt also with the spirit of fear. I think everybody kind of does, and especially with COVID, I think everybody's got like that extra level of stress, you know, and stress and fear and worry and anxiety are all kind of like bedfellows that kind of come together. And um, anyways, so in my, I was having a dream, and it was a God dream, and uh, I was actually teaching these ARs to like, uh, it was kind of like a symposium. They were all like in a big circle, like a coliseum or something of like these pastors and youth pastors. And I was, you know, going through the steps and teaching them how to do it. And then all of a sudden I was whisked away and I was in this living room that I didn't recognize. But in my dream, I knew it was mine. You ever have like a house, but it's not your house, but you're in the house? Yeah. So I was in the house and downstairs I knew that my husband, Chris, was watching TV. And, uh, and all of a sudden, there was a demon in my dream of fear, like a spirit of fear. It came, and it picked me up, and it, like, pushed me against the ceiling. And uh, in my, you ever have those dreams where you're just, like, gripped with fear, and you can, like, like, you're just so, like, afraid in the dream? So that was me at that moment. And I remember in my dream, I was, like, banging on the ceiling. So my thought in my dream was, if I could just get Chris's attention, he came up, he could come and rescue me. And, uh, and then I woke up. And you ever wake up out of a dream and you got the heebie-jeebies and you're just like, oh, there's something here, you know, like you just know that there's somebody else is in the room and it's not your spouse snoring beside you, you know. So uh, I had woken up and I was like, oh, my goodness, like that was a God dream. And then I had the heebie-jeebies. So I went through these steps. I went through the prayer. So and they're not magic bullet, you know. It's not like in Catholicism where they say, okay, you know, you sinned, right? 20 Hail Marys, three Our Fathers, and uh, go through the rosary three times, and you're good to go. It's not like that. They, it's not like if you mess up the order or these words specifically, it's not going to work. But I just find that um, this uh, process, the sanctification, the steps of going through these arts of freedom are just, they're very um, practical and easy to use. So anyway, so I just said, um, you know, I just, uh, I recognize the spirit of fear that's in this room. God, forgive me for, um, you know, f- uh, clabbering with the spirit of fear. God, I renounce the spirit of fear and um, I reject it in Jesus' name and spirit of fear, and then I spoke to the spirit of fear, I said, spirit of fear, I command you to go in the name of Jesus, and it left, and then I finished sleeping, and I slept like a baby, and uh, it was great, and uh, and so these are so important to get into our, our hearts, so sometimes there are, like, actual attacks where the enemy is coming after us, and that's okay, I always take it as a good thing, because I'm like, yeah, I'm making somebody mad somewhere, you know, this is this is breakthrough, you know, this is uh, freedom that we're bringing to people. And so the enemy gets mad about that, but that's okay because, you know, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. You know, we still are coming from that place of victory. And so the next R is to resist. So sometimes, uh, you know, there's like a direct attack and then we deal with it and it's gone. And then sometimes there's like thoughts that are persistent. Um, you know, I dealt really uh, big time, I still do a lot of the times, with uh, fear of man. You know, worried about what people think of me. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I'm standing in line and people are laughing behind me. And I have, my first thought is, they're talking about you. You know, I know, it's ridiculous. Nobody else thinks that, it's just me. Uh, 
And I've got to take that thought captive in that moment. You know, I've got to be like, no, they're not thinking about you, Allison. You know, it's it's not all about you, first of all. And uh, even even if they were, I'm not going to submit myself to a fear of man. So we've got to resist the devil when he comes. And the Bible says in James 4, 7, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So as long as we're resisting the enemy, he will he will flee. Because he has no grounding. He has no footing to stay. And so the seventh R is to rejoice. And so that is to just thank God for what he's done. So after we've cast that thing out, we say, thank you, God, for freedom in you, you know. And that rejoicing and joy is a choice. And uh, I wanted to read in Deuteronomy. Sorry, Brian, I'm all over the place. It's okay. <laughs> Deuteronomy 30:15 says, now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, prosperity and disaster. Isn't that interesting? There's our free will again. God always gives us a choice. And what is life? Life is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those are choices that we can make. Now I find happiness you know, somebody brings me a puppy, I'm instantly happy. You take the puppy away, I'm sad. You know, emotions come and go. But joy can be a choice. We can choose to have our joy in the Lord. We can choose to have our peace in the Lord. And then the last one is restore. And so God restores us. He brings us back right away. When we when we ask for his forgiveness, when we um, take these steps to freedom, it's not like he waits three days to see if we're serious. God is in the in the business of instant restoration. He brings us back to him and into the Father's heart immediately. And um, so as we keep going with this um, series, we're going to start delving into some more uh, themes that are really common to everyone. Self-pity, fear, um, jealousy, bitterness, anger, these kinds of things. And as we talk about them, we're going to process them um, so that we can be free from them. And we're going to always use these steps to freedom. So just uh, recognizing it, taking responsibility, repenting, renouncing, removing, rejoicing, replacing, restore. And don't worry if you forget them. <laughs> we can go through them again. But um, just as a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't find words today. Words are hard. Just as a little practice, uh, why don't you guys, we're just going to pray. And why don't you guys repeat after me? And we're just going to go through a little sample prayer of doing this. And just a small thing here. The enemy cannot read your thoughts. He injects thoughts, but he can't read them. Only God knows what's in the, hearts, the heart of a man. And um, so when you do do this stuff, when you're taking your authority in Christ, make sure you say it out loud, not in your head. All right, so let's just take fear, because I find fear sort of like the thing that kind of blankets all the rest. And we're just going to practice doing this. So if you just want to repeat after me, say, God, I recognize that I've collaborated with the spirit of fear. And I ask your forgiveness. I renounce my participation with the spirit of fear. I don't want to have anything to do with fear anymore. now we're going to talk to fear. Fear, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go to your dry places and never come back in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father God, I thank you 
for your freedom and abundant life and love that casts out all fear. Amen. Easy as that. Isn't that awesome? Does anybody feel a little lighter? Yeah. Because these things come and they, they attack us and they, we just, nothing crazy, you know. But God has given such power in the name of Jesus Christ. It's incredible. And as a breakthrough church, we've got to take what the Lord has given us and use it for freedom and use it to uh, progress his kingdom. And so we're excited to do that here in this place. And um, we're excited for the next uh, next week. I think actually it is self-pity, which is a really good one. That one's my favorite <laughs> just because I've had so much freedom there. And uh, so I just uh, love you guys. And if you have any questions, feel free to talk to um, myself or Pastor Chris or Pastor Camilla, or Pastor Travis, Pastor Peter. We're all here to uh, talk to you and uh, have a great day, guys. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.